And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Monday, November 8th. Is it, Mark? Because last time you told me what date it was, you were looking at the October calendar. So is that really what it is? Oh, okay. Calendar's been updated according to Mark. How is your weekend? <laughs> I see I got you on that. Uh, we're laughing because, of course, we do a lot of taping in advance um, with when we talk to you on the air. And uh, we don't we are not live, obviously. But anyway, as we tape, it is not yet the weekend. So I just thought I would throw that at Mark. Mark, did you go to La Pavillon? It was good, right? How did you feel walking up? This is a new restaurant in New York, right at the foot of Grand Central Station in a brand new building. Um, wasn't it wild? You walk up those stairs and you see that huge chandelier and in the background is the Chrysler building. I felt like I was on a movie set. Yeah, it is. It is an absolute beauty. You know, special occasion restaurant or if you're coming to visit New York, it's kind of a fun over-the-top experience. If you want to blow a few bucks, I don't know. I, I was just talking to somebody and I want to make a call out to our listeners. And that is, here's the question. We were talking about, have you changed your spending habits post-COVID? Meaning, you know, so many people were saying, well, there's nothing to do, so I'm saving so much money. And uh, the question is, have you really changed the way that experience impacted you and brought it forward? That's what I want to know. Have you really, have you curtailed it? Have you gone crazy the other way? I'm interested. What do you think, Mark? Do you think most people have actually cut back for good? Yeah, okay. Mark thinks more temporary. I don't know. I think some people might have realized like, when all those things, you know how sometimes we talk to people and we'll say, how much money do you need to live in retirement? And they give you a number and you wonder, is that the real number? Is that for everything? Is that the fluff factor? Who knows? So it is an interesting idea and I want to hear from folks. So go to the website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact button. Let us know if you have permanently changed your spending habits. Maybe we don't know yet. Anyway, 
You should also go to jillonmoney.com and click on the contact button if you've got a financial question and would like to join us. That is what Catherine did. She is on the line in Northern California. Hi, Catherine. How are you? And what can we do for you today? All right. Well, you know, kind of speaking of COVID, I guess, when you guys were just talking about, I I need help formulating a game plan for my next phase of my life. Um, I think COVID has really had me taking stock of things like a lot of people have. Um, You know, first of all, I found you and Mark, and that really helped me get the ball rolling, looking kind of at the next phase, because I think in my 20s and 30s, I did the initial, you know, saving and stuff, and and I've been letting it ride for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Now... My kids are older and they're very expensive. And <laughs> Can't go back on that. How old are they? Oh, they're 13 and 16 and we are bleeding cash right now. But I think we're, we're okay, but it just stresses me out because mm. I'm a little neurotic about spending money. Um, so there's like that piece. So we're spending a lot of money right now. Some of it actually probably a little bit due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, some mental health things that have been, I think, triggered and exacerbated by that. Mm. And then, I'm sorry. Um, listening to your show and looking about cash flow, I refied our houses and sort of restructured some things to free up some money. And now want to get some ideas of what would be good to do with that. Kind of, I think in the next 10, 12 years, I think we have really a lot of expenses. And then I think we might be okay after that. So So we're going to suffer just for 10 or 12 years. Don't worry, Jill. I mean, come (laughs) on, we can't let you suffer. Uh, Who's the we? Is there a spouse? Is there a partner? Yes, I have a partner of uh, 21 years and myself and my two kids. And how old are you guys? Uh, We are both 48 years old. Oh, nice. Are you both working or is one of you home more with the kids or what? Well, funny you should ask that. So, well, actually, we both work full time, but um, my wife is um, in a job that is, uh, we're both in education. Her job hasn't gone back. Um, she teaches at a, the college level, mm-hmm. so they are still remote. So she is working full-time, earning a full-time salary while also being at home full-time with one of our children who is like an online student right now too, who's struggling. So mm. so okay. she's both, she's double dipping. She is like a full-time at-home mom while also earning a full-time salary. Well, how much do you guys make? We make about 230000 combined, mm-hmm. um, probably a little bit more. She does... Uh, take on some extra classes generally. So that number goes up, but I think 230 is a good baseline. And are you both contributing to retirement accounts? So we, we no longer contribute to like a, like a 403B or anything like that anymore. We fully do just our Roth IRAs and our pensions. Tell me a little bit about how much money you have accumulated in those various retirement accounts and what the pension benefit will look like. I'll start with the pensions because I love that you and Mark love pensions. That's, love. Yes. I And I always tell my work work friends who always talk about money, I'm like, you guys, our pensions, we're going to be okay. So um, we're going to be right. fine. We're, we have more money than we think we have. That's so, right. Um, so for my wife, um, I'll say 60. We'll start with just the number 60 as a reference. because it's As in age 60, you mean? Age 60. Age okay. 60. So there's a formula, of course. If she makes it to uh, 60 years of service, she will bring home 74% of her final pay for the rest of her life, which in today's dollars is about $6,700 a month. Mm, That's a big number. She also gets Social Security as well. Mm -hmm. So at 70, if she took it, she'll be bringing home close to um, $3,900 a month in addition. So she's quite the cash cow. Um, I like her. 
is she sort of focused and, and happy? Do you think she'll make it, you know, a dozen more years to oh, age 60? Yeah, for sure. Like, okay. Even she actually ran the numbers. I asked her to do this for me, um, knowing Crip coming on the air, and she ran it to 65. And I was like, oh, come on. So, <laughs> and if she makes it to 65, her, her, um, it goes up to 93% of her final salary. Oh, my so, God. So she'll, she'll work for sure. I mean, and I might as well. All right. Well, let's see. So what, tell oh, me about your, what's your pension? Yeah. So mine's going to be, um, at 60, I will make 85% of my final. Mm-hmm. Pay. So right now that's about $7,300 a month. Whoa. Um, I do not contribute to social security, so I won't have that. Let's just do some of these numbers here. So see 6,700 and then you're 7,300. And so you got that 14 grand and that's at age 60 before the social security kicks in a decade later. Can you live on 14 grand a month? Oh, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. We'll live live fantastically. Okay. What happens if you're to your pension benefit, if you were to go earlier than age 60? So that's what I was running. So I've been teaching since I've been 23. So Mm. I have a lot of, I'll have 30 years of service when I turn 53 so one of the things I was considering maybe um, is your whole new endeavor idea. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that would look like. So at, if I at 55 stop working and don't collect, and that was the thing, do I start collecting or if I don't start collecting? If I, if I start collecting, I will get 54% of my final pay. Mm-hmm. Which is? I think that number was like a little under $5,000. If I wait to 60 that number goes up to 73% of my final pay. So mm-hmm. that puts me in you know, the 6,000 range, I believe. But you would work. if, In other words, if you stopped at 55, you would work for the five years or would you think you would not actually work? I mean, I would absolutely, I'm a busybody. I mean, mm-hmm. whether I work, I would, I would, I would do something for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the other piece I have. We have some money in a, like a 403B from my early years. I think there's that 55 rule, the rule of 55. That was something I was considering too, like a way to get some of that money out. Yeah. How Um, much money's in the old 403B? $314,000. Yeah. Elsa, 314. That's a real number. I thought you were going to be like 30 grand. Okay. Awesome. Um, And that's in a Vanguard, pretty much total stock, total stock market and Mm -hmm. an international little bit of a split there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my wife from her previous job as a state employee um, has a, IRA rollover, mm-hmm. that's about 235000 Wow. And how much in the Roth IRAs right now? So I have in my Roth IRA, I have $180,000. Mm-hmm. And she's got um, 151000 What are you stressing out about? I don't know. I'm just a stressor about money. It's just like, once I kind of stepped back, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're totally good. I You're think totally that- good. You're totally good. But let's figure out what is actually stressing you out right now. Retirement is set. Don't stress about that. Right. Tell me about the emergency reserve fund. So we've got about um, 70,000 uh, cash. Okay. We have two properties. We have the, the one that we live in. And Primary then- residence. How much is it worth? Yeah, uh, six about 675,000. What's the outstanding mortgage? Um, we just refied a 30-year um, and we owe 271 on it. Okay. Plenty of equity there. Rental property? Yeah, we do. We So that was part of the refi deal. We had um, about a hundred and so thousand on each of them, mm-hmm. combined them together and just rolled them both out to a 30 year one, one mortgage. So we own the other, the rental property outright. Okay. What's it worth? 450. 
And obviously that gives you some cash flow. Is the intention to keep that rental property or do something else with it in the future? Open, open to it. I mean, I think I come, my family is, my parents, they're, they're rental property. They're into that. And they sort of encourage that early on. I, I have a pension, so I don't need the cash flow, but they're using their rental properties as, as their retirement. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to need that, but we have it. It's sitting there. It wasn't my plan to pay it off. It's just that when we we had like a hundred thousand or so on each of the loans, a little more than that, and trying to refi two houses to roll them together into yep. one. So that's what we did. So okay, yeah. So it's cash. I mean, it right now it's gonna pay for pretty much. So now we have one mortgage, and the rent on that nearly covers the mortgage. Okay. So, so the rental property cash flows enough to pay the expense of the mortgage, at least for now. And obviously for any of the upkeep and the taxes on the house itself, the rental itself, um, is it a pain in the ass to manage? Not at all. Okay, it's great. Totally set it and leave it. I mean, it, yeah, it's not a huge like cash cow at all, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just sitting there and it doesn't, I have does the job. Cut. It's kind of like having a third income. Right. Talk about the kids and college. And I know that you've got some issues with, your, with uh, one of your children, but yeah. what does that mean in terms of your own planning with them? So what I did early on is instead of like putting a ton of money into um, 529 plans, which we Mm -hmm. did put a little bit at the beginning, and then we just put money in Roth, worried about, you know, the rental property and just sort of living life. Um, Mm -hmm. Our incomes have definitely increased quite a bit and just kind of letting things and compounding interest roll. Mm -hmm. And so when I stepped back after listening to your show and started doing some of the math, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, we're doing okay in retirement, but it's this shorter term game plan. Mm. Um, with college coming up, my daughter started driving two old cars. Plus we had to buy my daughter a car during COVID. Uh, we're paying a lot of money out of pocket for mental health care right now. And we also bought a horse. So that's another, did you say a horse? Yes, we did. So that Mark, that's- do you know that like, I just listened to the episode about the moose and I was laughing. I thought I was laughing so hard when we were like telling that. So now we got a horse. You know, you're talking to two New Yorkers. We're not very outdoorsy. So these questions that come up where you tell your stories and you bought a horse, that is quite amazing to me. How much does a horse cost or your? how much did your horse cost? We paid 9000 for it, um, which is actually, I mean, horses, it's this whole, it's it's a rich person's sport and we are we're at the bottom end of that for sure. So my, um, my younger daughter is really into equestrian and I do have 529. So we have about 60 grand total in 529. So are each of these kids college bound? Do you think? Um, they one that my oldest one for sure is going to go and she's a junior in high school. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, and our plan was probably to use our Roths for that piece. Um, why use up the 529 money? Yeah, well, we will. We'll use that first, but depending on where she wants to go. Um, Isn't she going to be a California state person? You live in like the best state college system in the country. Totally agreed. Absolutely agree with you. And my fingers are crossed that we go that route. Um, she also has some hopes of some East Coast schools as well. So oh, our, those East Coast elites. Forget uh, it. We, we, we said we would pay. We're going to pay for a, like a, a UC level price and anything above that, she can figure out the the difference. So So if you're in UC territory, right? In state is, what is that? 25 or 30 grand a year? Something. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. I'm I'm anticipating about if if we can get 40,000 a year, I think that would be 
pretty good um, for four years. And you said you have 60 grand saved for each kid. So there's no, 120 no, no, total? That or... be, that's combined. Okay, 60 grand total. Okay. Is there any brokerage account money besides what you're talking about when you talk about the Roth IRA? There is no brokerage account. And I just opened one up. So we refied our house, mm-hmm. pushed it back to a 30-year um, so we could purposely free up a bunch of cash for the short-term expenses that we're sort of de- dealing with. So, okay. So in addition to the 70 in the emergency reserve, what's in the brokerage account? Nothing. It's a zero balance right now. I see. Um, we're ready to go and we should have monthly excess, hopefully of at least about $1,000 a month that we can throw in there, maybe mm-hmm. more. Do you have your wills done? Estate yes, planning? Absolutely. Early you have on. life insurance? Um, yes, About a million a piece. Great. Is there anything else I need to know about besides Mr. Ed? Well, we're out of pocket right now. Like our mental health care, we're paying about 12. So the horse is probably about 1200 a month. Mental health care right now is out of pocket about that same amount. All right. But this is a short term. As you said, it's a short term issue. So obviously there's a very easy solution to this, which you don't want to really contemplate this second. Mark? Chime in, Mark. Do you want to unload the rental? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) There is $450,000 of stress relief at your fingertips as we speak. I don't know whether the property values are appreciating. I assume they are. Um, You can try to to bootstrap this and cash flow for expenses and everything. But, you know, really, the easiest thing in the world for you is to sell the rental property. Sure. And to pay the tax that's due and to take that money, pay for college, ease up your cash flow, give yourselves a 10-year time horizon where you have cash available to do everything you want to do. I mean, I don't think that there's a, a simpler solution than that. Now, again, that may seem really awful and don't tell your parents about it just yet. <laughs> but if I had my druthers, if you want maximum opportunity to either retire early for you and also just to be able to pay for everything associated with the kids and college and cash flow. That's where it is. That's where your opportunity is because that's the money that is sitting there. One of the things that I look at when I'm looking at a rental property is to say, you know, what's it yielding? What is the actual yield on the investment? And, you know, it's just okay. It's just, you know, there's, you've got all this money, $450,000 at work, and it's just giving you, you know, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year, and it's this big illiquid asset. And I just, I wonder that if you had, for example, I know that you just you did the refi on the primary, but honestly, if you had right now in the bank, let's say you pay your taxes and everything, and you now have three hundred thousand dollars in your brokerage account, seems to me that all your problems are solved. Your near-term cash flow issues around the kids and the horse and all that, it, you can use this money to fund that. And, and like you said, it's, these, this is probably, we're talking about five years, essentially, that you have a five-year issue on cash flow. If you had 50 grand a year to burn up on that cash flow and that was the best thing for your family, then I think that instead of driving yourself crazy, you can tap the money and it's right there for you. Right. Obviously, the retirement issue is not the issue. It is getting from today, age 48, to age 55. So we're looking at this next seven years. Mm -hmm. And the seven-year problem, the seven-year itch is solved by selling the rental property. Right. I guess one of my questions was, knowing the Roth is there, 
but also not really necessarily needing that money because we're going to have so much, like, I'm like, what are we going to use the Roths for ultimately other than to like pass it on? Yeah. Well, Mark, yeah. Mark makes a good point. That is really the thing you want the kids to inherit. You want the money that has already been taxed. You want that to be the money that's passed down. Okay. So ideally you spend every other dollar that is available to you and the kids, you preserve the Roths, right? So you have this 230 or 250 grand, maybe by the end of next year, you have this quarter of a million dollars right now in Roths that you do not ever touch. And that is perhaps the best asset for the kids to inherit. Okay. Honestly, if you had the money from the rental property freed up of the 350, you could say, let's put 50 grand in cash and add it to the emergency reserve just to see how the next couple of years goes with expenses. Let's see how things settle out. And of course, you're going to have to pay for the 30-year mortgage payment on its own, right? But I do think that this is a plan that that can help you alleviate the stress that you are feeling. So you're feeling the stress not recognizing that the money is sitting in a pot. It's just the pot has not is not liquid yet. Right. So we just have to try to get that into your hands so that you can enjoy all of the hard work that you've already done. I hear you. I think you're actually in better shape than you believe. It's just that that big fat asset is sitting there. And yes, it's creating income. And I don't, I mean, that's great. But to really alleviate your needs, you have to know that you can touch, you have money available. Maybe things go better than we imagine. Maybe just having this conversation without even selling the rental property is enough for you. Because right. maybe at the very least you say, let's see how we do. We're spending this money. Even if we don't put a lot of money in that brokerage account, worst case scenario, we sell the rental property and our our problems are solved. Just knowing you can do it should be should help relieve that anxiety you're feeling. Yeah. So it's, it'll be our parachute just if we need it, I think. That's right. It's your golden parachute. Luckily, uh, you know, you, you've created it for yourselves. Okay. Good? That's good. All right. I feel very comfortable with this. I feel like another stress bucket has been emptied today, which is great. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Catherine. If you also would like to relieve, you want us to empty your stress buckets? Ha, huh, Mark, that's what we are. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click on the contact button, sign up for the free weekly newsletter, and of course, subscribe to our sister broadcast, Eye on Money. Okay, it's the beginning of the week, so please try to do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.